This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Here we go. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville, pound 3636. Let's get her started. Joining us in studio this brisk Friday afternoon, the Reverend Dr. Sherry DeNovo, Minister at Trinity St. Paul Center for Faith, Justice, and the Arts, and of course, a former NDP MPP for Parkdale High Park. How are you doing, Sherry? I'm just Jim Dandy, and it's such a pleasure, John. Pleasure to have you here. Adrian Batra, the editor-in-chief of the Toronto Sun, is with us. Adrian, hello. It's a great day for talk radio, John. Sure as heck is. And rounding out our panel, Rocco Rossi, the CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Hello, Rocco. Honored to be surrounded by the reverend and the irreverent. <laughs> Very good. Nice job, John. I need a caller. Kasheri, <laughs> can you lend me yours? One. Well, no, like a proper one. Uh, yeah. A proper one. One Ooh. that means something. Oh. Any old Javix bottle, <laughs> you can uh, cut uh, one yourself. Okay. Yeah. Fair. A makeshift caller, Jerry rigged this thing. Let me ask Rocco first off, because uh, as the head of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, uh, you're against the carbon tax, right? That well, there's a there's two. Um, uh, details that are really important. We actually, uh, at a national level, have supported it so long as an equivalent amount would be reduced in tax and any revenue generated actually goes back to business to invest in low-carbon technology, not to use it simply as another tax right, so to it's then revenue go to the neutral. consumer. Okay. But really revenue neutral in the sense that it goes back to the same people so that you, what you're trying to do is change specific behavior and have those same dollars invested in, um, in low-carbon technology. Mm. Okay. Uh, although I don't know why that would change anybody's behavior if they're getting back the money anyway being reimbursed. But, but only, if they, only if it's invested in those uh, things. Okay. Uh, right. So this is the Canadian Chamber of Commerce position. Yes. So yeah. you uh, are, right. I guess, uh, subscribing to that as well. Well, you know, uh, they did this carbon tax and dividend thing uh, out in B.C., but it turned to be somewhat of a farce because the money wasn't directly going back to the people after a while. That's correct. And that that is the that is the fear that business has that it's simply used as another tax and not really about the environment. Well, speaking of which, out in Vancouver, you know, uh, earlier this week, city council there uh, voted on a motion to declare a climate emergency, and I'm thinking, Sherry DeNovo, I can see the city of Toronto following suit, ultimately declaring a climate emergency and whatever that would imply, which I'm guessing would mean you know cutting down on vehicular traffic, uh, stiffer idling penalties. Things like uh, municipal levy maybe on fossil fuels. Would that be a good idea for Toronto? Absolutely. Listen, we've got to do something about climate change. It's a reality. In, in B.C., you know, 2017 was the worst fire uh, year on record. Mm. Um, you know, this is costing governments huge amounts of money. Extreme weather is now becoming an every every year uh, uh, event instead of once every decade. And, um, and, and something has to be done. We have to do something. So the question really is just what, not that we have to act. Okay, so a climate emergency, Adrian Batra, for Toronto, if Sherry DeNova were in charge, uh, we would have that, and whatever that implies. You think that makes any kind of sense? Well, Toronto City Council doesn't do things that often make any sense, so I, I don't know if that's a really a fair question. There is a conversation happening in this country and around the world, no question about addressing and tackling climate change. The challenge, of course, is ideas like carbon taxes, ideas like climate emergencies. What does that even, uh, for the carbon tax, this is more money out of your pocket and it's going to be put on big uh, polluters 
which will get trickled down to the average person, to the middle class, everybody, the, the, the very same people that the governments always say that they want to protect and allow them to keep their own money. So there's that. But allowing um, for this debate about a climate emergency, who defines it? Who defines the terms? Who defines what that means? And, and furthermore, when and if they de- declare a climate emergency, what do they do? Well, this what is will it. the actions yeah, be? That's... Will there be a municipal carbon tax? Will there be suddenly you cannot uh, do business with the city of Toronto, for example, unless you have this amount of, uh, you know, prote- some sort of environmental protection for the company in which you work for? I don't know. But I'm not suggesting for a moment those aren't legitimate conversations. They are. The problem is... Whenever you ask, you poll people who say, yes, of course, the environment is a big issue. But it's not a motivating issue uh, as far as pushing a ballot box issue. But hang on, in Vancouver, in Vancouver, you've got a progressive council. For some some people, yes, you do. And you've got one here in Toronto in large measure. And you can, and there are a handful of people around that table of uh, that smaller table of twenty-five now. Mm. Thank goodness that, of course, you know, can advocate for that. And I'm not saying that, that that's a bad thing. No, but, but I, when what I read does this, it mean? Well, well, when I read it this how week, how much is it going to cost? Well, these were the questions that were kind of reverberating in my cranium when I read it this week that Vancouver decided to go this way unanimously. I went, uh oh, look out! Here comes Toronto yeah. next. And so I'm sort of ahead of the curve on this one. Uh, and I'm not saying that in any kind of false. Uh, immodest way, but this is where this is where we're headed. If that uh, comes to pass, you see this as a good development for the city of Toronto, Rocco? Look, I, I just came back from a few days in Calgary um, talking to a bunch of people um, uh, on the labor side, on the business side, on the political side um, with respect to um, a genuine crisis that's happening there that people have lost uh, all sense and the impact on our economy, on jobs has been tremendous. Um, several of the folks in Calgary say, look, we feel for uh, the families and the individuals affected by the 2,900 announced layoffs for General Motors in Oshawa. But you have to understand we've been shedding 5,000 energy workers a month for the last three years. Uh, and and what do we hear? That this is uh, somehow a, a victory. If you look at practical reality of making the changes globally, one of the biggest deltas that could happen if we actually put liquefied natural gas onto boats to China so that they would use natural gas instead of of coal. building another coal plant every week, mm-hmm. there would be a massive impact on a global basis. And it's not an option that is being uh, laid out in the climate emergency debates, and it's one that uh, we ignore at our peril and at the peril of a lot of people's livelihoods along the way. Well, I guess the policy uh, coming forth from Ottawa seems to be to kill the kid in the crib, uh, in the crib rather. But uh, let me ask uh, another question when it comes to uh, how uh, we're facing maybe certain cutbacks on things. And uh, Doug Ford announced earlier this week that he's shifting the burden to find efficiencies onto colleges and universities. And Sherry, I'm curious, because this has to do with tuition fee cuts of 10%. Uh, and the minister was on yesterday saying, in total, though, it impacts maybe the bottom line for colleges and universities by 2 to 4%. And they're shifting, uh, again, uh, you know, o- OSAP grants, uh, 
grants will be converted to loans in some instances. But do you think there's some merit to what he's saying? Look, Absolutely not. He's cut $440 million from colleges and universities. We're already per, cap- per student capita. Uh, the, the province that gives the least to our post-secondary education. Um, you know, students who got free tuition are now not getting free tuition. Um, I, I suggest that every university age kid go to Germany, where Canadians can go to German colleges and universities for free. They don't even have to learn German, because in Germany, one of the strongest economies in the world, you know, in Germany, all tuition for undergraduates are free, and not just in Germany, throughout Europe, in many countries. So why are we going backwards? Why aren't we moving forward? This is a horrendous move, and it's going to impact students bigger classes uh well, we got a 15 billion dollar we've got a 15 billion dollar deficit and he's got to make some kind of cut somewhere and uh, what he's doing is just shifting that burden I mean, to get well, rid of frivolous things I mean com- there's questions about if it is a 15 dollar 15 billion dollar deficit I'll but say it's 12 uh, let, then. I'll go with 12 let's just say it's 12 mm. I mean it, this is this is a person who's cut, you know, cut his nose to spite his face in terms of cap and trade, possible revenues, in terms of other revenues that were on the on well, books before. Wait a minute, when before. you say cap and trade is a revenue thing, Brock no, no. was just explaining it's not supposed to be a tax. Oh, well, if, you know, what it, wherever you get that money, he's not getting the money from revenue. So he has a revenue problem. He doesn't have a spending problem. You know, again, Well, he would say why, he does, and the universities are spending and, on... And, and I know I will be a voice yeah. alone on this one, <laughs> no, 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 why don't we on, raise on one, the taxes actually, on corporations and the wealthy. That's what we need to be yeah. doing. And take the burden off the middle class and those who are workers and shift it to those who can pay. Because the reality is the taxes on the upper echelon have gone down, down, down over the last decades. And uh, and, and, and this is the result of that. But Cherry, even if you look at the, at the suggestion of making those who can afford pay, then that doesn't call for a 10% across the board cut on tuition. Uh, because actually that 10% isn't saving the government a dime and it's putting the pressure onto universities. I, I do agree that with respect to OSAP, you have to build it on a basis that's sustainable. And so right. focusing the money on those who have the highest need. And I, I'm one who I was only able to go to university because of scholarship. So I understand the impact of of financial assistance to to students. I get that. That's important. The 10% cut, while it'll make a lot of people feel good, actually isn't saving the government any, and it's putting the burden on the universities. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, if you look at what universities and colleges have been doing on the efficiency front, which they've been forced to do for some time now, even under the, the liberals, which had basically frozen... Um, the transfers and were allowing the universities to make up the delta through tuition increases and also an, a rapid expansion of international students, sure. which they'll do mm-hmm. more of because there's no cap on that price. Right. Right. Uh, right. And the reality is people are willing to come from around the world because despite the Germany example, relative to a lot of places, this is actually still an incredible bargain. Sure it is. And majority of our tuition fees are subsidized already. So so Canadian students aren't actually paying the real cost of their education. But this is, just to sort of advance the the conversation, though, 
this is just one area that we're going to see these reductions. We are going to see this contracting of big spending that we've had to contend with right. for the last 15 years. And yeah, we can quibble between 12 billion or 15 billion. I, I mean, a that's number. still a giant number and a huge hole that we need to somehow fix. All right, and so fill putting in. the burden shifting it onto the doesn't yeah. help that at all. It, it, right. it, it doesn't. And, and perhaps that wasn't articulated well right. over the course of so much that was announced yesterday. Uh, the the example of uh, the Lins, however, that's a big I, difference. I, I'm all over but that yeah, one. That, that's right. a, that's that a big one, difference. That's but shifting the, the, the burden to students, uh, that's not the way to cut deficits. I mean, this is, again, this is affecting the future of our of our economy. Um, and, and again, I, you know, look to strong economies. They have strong and supported educational and college systems. You know, uh, we're also, by the way, uh, using contract laborers at our universities and colleges. Their tenure has gone the way of the dodo. Uh, we've got a, a lot of people, you know, working, doing the job of full-time uh, tenure-track professors for 50% of their salaries, and some of them making basically minimum wage. This is who's teaching our children. Is this what we want? But All right, Sherry, let me just hang debts, on, hang on to that Today's debts are tomorrow's taxes, and those kids are going to get burdened anyway. All right, we'll come back in a it's moment. It's a revenue more, problem. More topics worthy of discussion continuing with our panel. Sherry DeNovo, Adrian Batra, Rocco Rossi on The Oakley Show. Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.